Welcome into TFW Live. It's the best kept secret in fantasy football where we keep that week one feeling going all year long. I'm Big Travi, and I'm joined here by my best friends Austin and Johnny Game Time Hicks. Welcome to the show, boys. Also, welcome to Whisper Nation and all of you in the chat. Classic Mike, all those boys that are in here that are going to be in here later as well. And we like to start off the show, as always, shouting out some of the newest members of Whisper Nation, those who have subscribed or followed us on social media. So we'll get into it here. Jamel Applewhite, Zach Silverman, Clarky Cards, Chandler Bryan, Brandon Hay, the Fantasy Futuristic Podcast, Jeff Carpenter, Jacob, Freddie, Adam Hungry, underscore the Fantasy Squirrel, CDY Red 21, and RX Gaming. And if you love fantasy football and would enjoy being part of a community where you know you belong, hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel. We're trying to get just one more sub. Just one more on this stream could be you. And if you're new, let us know where you're streaming from. We'll shout you out right here on the show. On today's episode, we are over the moon to be joined by a very special guest, Matt Kelly. You also know him as the Podfather. Also, maybe you, maybe you think of him as the Howard Stern of fantasy football. This is the man behind playerprofiler.com and the world-famous draft kit, and he joins us today. Welcome to the show, Matt. How are you, man? I'm really good, guys. <laughs> yeah. This is great. Yeah. Excited right. to be here. Yeah. The finally, the first guest who gets it. Whispers. Yeah. I'm finally. finally. Yes. yes, very on Now we've been doing this for four years now. You're the first one. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. You're you. welcome. We were, told, we were told we had to turn up our volumes because people couldn't hear us. Richard Harris. Richard Harris is the best whisperer. Do you remember Remember Richard Harris? Uh-uh. Nothing to do. Let's, let's now whisper now about what Rome could be. Oh, yeah. Okay. What, yeah. What is what is Rome, Maximus? What is Rome? Oh my Wait God. a second. You're played, telling me we're not talking Marcus about Rose. Rome today? No, I not today. for the yeah. wrong show. Right. Maximus. <laughs> well we appreciate you with an old man <laughs> that's what we're gonna attempt to do here today Not that old. hard man my throat's all right <laughs> you're gonna lose your voice really halfway hot. through really yeah yeah you see the real reason why we don't do that anymore <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and we can't do it during our mock draft marathon that would be ridiculous 24 hours of whispering would just so your show gave up the whispering yeah we had to oh, we had wow. to we had to I, keep I the voice it. Yeah. It was a medical situation it, yeah, it's uh, it's all about keeping the voice strong for the people. So that's what we're trying to do here today. But Matt, we want to introduce you a little bit to Whisper Nation, talk a little bit of rapid fire questions here, get to know you a little bit better. So we'll start it off here with what year did you start playing fantasy football? 2001. Nice. Yeah. Do you root base your- odyssey? <laughs> no, there, it was it was an odyssey i drafted uh, tony gonzalez in the first round i thought i was a genius i was like oh my god bully tight end i got a competitive advantage on the field and uh it it, it worked it worked mm-hmm. I, I went tight end and then i went receiver i was like marvin harrison i don't know it was uh it was uh everyone was going running back and i was, I was getting all the all the the top players at the other positions and, and then I, I think i hit on a sleeper running back and i and i won the league and i was like all right this is it this i'm doing this how you do it i'm doing it i'm <laughs> the next. first year so uh that happened to me in baseball too fantasy baseball i picked up rafael for uh when he was called up for the braves he had like 60 steals in the second half and that's what that put me over the top in the in the in that uh, fantasy base. So I, I started off real hot and uh, I think I've been chasing it ever since. 
It's a pretty common, like, common theme. Of <laughs> the trajectory of your life in that moment. Chased it so much, started started an empire. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. that leads yeah, me that to put my me next, on trajectory. Yeah. Leads me to my next question here, Matt. For you, do you root for your NFL team or your fantasy team more? Uh, not neither. <laughs> I, I, I don't even for, like football. <laughs> I root for high scoring games. Yeah, okay. I only, I root for high scoring games. Like there were, you know, that was a, was it Cardinals Seahawks two years ago in DFS? Oh, don't know. The one was like three, three and they kept missing the field goals. Is that no, one? I'm talking about oh, like okay. Lockett went completely nuclear. Everyone went completely nuclear in that game. Yeah, it was like the Murray versus Wilson. It was Sunday night, wasn't it? I think it was yeah, a Sunday, Sunday night, night game. football game. I mean, th- th- these are just uh, or maybe it was a late afternoon game. And if it, when it went well into Sunday, because it was like overtime. Those are the games, man, like these these Chargers games, you know, late. Th- that's where I'm glued. You know, that's where I'm just glued to the television. That's what I'm a, f- a fan of. I'm a fan of overtime. That's what I'm a fan of. Reminds me of that Kansas City Chiefs, Los Angeles Rams game yeah. a couple of years back, oh, Travi, when you were there here in L.A. Like that that regular season game was unbelievable. Even that playoff game, right? Basically, yeah. built. Right? Oh. Like I'm a that that is that fuels your veins. That is amazing because you know I, I'm a Patriots fan, and, and Brady really spoiled me in a big way. Like, so you, you start off with this, the Rams situation. When you know, with like them after 9-11 coming out with the with the with the American flags. Yeah, right. And, yeah. and and beating like the you know, the the big time favorite team with the with the sexy offense, right? That was so cool. And then, you know, you had the the just the incredible I don't it's it's not it's not a slam dunk. I mean, I know it is, but it's like the com- the comeback 28-3 mm-hmm. against the Falcons was amazing but in terms of singular moments or or condensed moments the Seahawks game the Seahawks championship where Javon Curse is kicking the ball up in the air remember this mm-hmm. he's on the ground mm-hmm. and he's kicking it up in the air he's kicking up in the air and then he catches it and everyone knew you're doomed like we remember David Tyree it's yeah. like if, if that's going to happen it's over it's over. It's over. And I was just, I, I was so sure it was over. I was just as sure as it was over. I may have even been more sure that game was over at that point when Curse caught that than at any point in the Falcons game. Wow. And so to come back from that was just, it's just, I don't know. It almost ruined me. I think it ruined me as a football fan. And I, and that's the ultimately what yes. keeps us coming back. Matt, any favorite fantasy player all time that comes to mind? Mm. Well, Priest Holmes was was pretty was pretty amazing. But I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna go back, man. I think the 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 player that's responsible for more championships and the guy I had on more fantasy teams was uh, Tony Gonzalez. Mm. I was drafting him every year. You always forget your, or you always remember your first. Matthew Barry came out with a strategy to draft Gronk in the first round. And I was like, that's great. I, you know, I, I appreciate that strategy. I had that strategy 10 years ago, just for the record. (laughs) I love it. How about a fantasy player that's burned you the most? Oh God. Uh, (laughs) Got to go dark. Think of a team of a player that I've been, I, I was never overweight on. I that I was never drafting and always always seemed to come through. Um oh that's 
that's uh that's a great question i i'm, I'm thinking like because lately you've been so hard against Jer jerry judy and like if jerry you said it the other day like if jerry judy pops you're in trouble no 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 I'm what, I said was, what i said this. was i don't think jerry judy i i'm not J jerry judy can't beat me jerry judy can't beat me okay a player like jerry judy can't beat you so if you're at the poker table and you're trying to figure out what kind of hands are out there that can beat you, Jerry Judy can't beat you. Devontae Smith can't beat you. Mm. Okay. Mm. Those are Not players that can't you. Don't worry about it. They can't yeah. beat you. Okay. But like a Javante Williams, even if you don't love him this year because you think he's too expensive, you still need to draft some of him. You still need to have some Javante Williams because he's the type of guy that can, you know, run you over. And you want to make sure that you're not too underweight across your teams and have you want to make sure you have some Javante Williams. So there are some players that even though you're out on them at ADP, right? Thankfully, with best ball, it's much more conducive to drafting a guy like Javante Williams. And then so you can you can skew your best ball portfolio with some Williams and make sure that you're covered because he could absolutely beat you if things break his way. Mm. Yeah. Absolute, ab, dude, absolutely. It's got to, you know, I'm thinking about it more. You know, it's anytime you have a running back, I think James Conner is the one really. Like, James Conner scares me because he actually isn't a quality receiver at all. He had mm -hmm. this one handed catch along the sideline that everyone remembers last year, big deal. And then like he. He had uh, sort of a, he, he was finished near the top of the league in, in receptions the year that Ben Roethlisberger set the NFL record for pass attempts. Mm. Okay, right. If he's going to get eighty percent snap share with a guy that's setting the record for pass attempts, of, it doesn't matter how efficient of a receiver you are. You're going to catch a bunch of dump offs from especially from a statue quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger at that time. So I have been you know, sort of fooled by. James Conner multiple seasons and I'm going right back to it right Play James <laughs> Conner again. I'm ready to get hurt that's again just, that's not how I'm wired man yeah, yeah. like I don't think James Conner can beat me I don't think David Montgomery can beat me I don't think Zeke can beat me you see what I'm saying I'm not yeah. I'm, I'm not worried that Zeke is going to turn over two aces I'm not worried at any right. point James Conner is suddenly going to become DeAndre Swift in the passing game right and this offense is, is going to be worse this year so I, I'm not worried about him spiking the football with, with, with you know, uh, some aberrant touchdown season. It's yeah. no, no, especially after he only had like a handful of catches the first eight games when Chase Edmonds was actually active. And what if Eno Benjamin essentially takes over that Chase Edmonds role? It's not mm -hmm. clear to me. And he's certainly not making amount of, the amount of money that would uh, point to a full bell cow role right because that's the whole point anytime you're drafting a guy just because he's projected to get all the touches the david montgomery corollary right mike davis last year yeah mike yeah, davis mike. was mike davis trap right you're yeah. gonna get mike davis yeah. trapped again so i'm trying to avoid the mike davis is now james connor's definitely got a better track record than mike davis certainly understood <clears throat> but these are still post apex running backs that are not necessarily plus pass receivers and you're just you're just projecting volume and it's a projection trap it's a volume projection trap no thank you every year we look back and we're like oh why didn't we why didn't we boost up jonathan taylor right we were too worried about all those nahima hines and marlon mack touches so you can also 
inadvertently be underweight on a on a running back in particular because you're you're worried about how the touches are going to be distributed um and so i'm i'm just i'm I'm banking on the juice it doesn't necessarily have to be that the coaches come to jesus like they did with jonathan taylor last year it could be an injury or it could be that the other player like tony pollard is so good that they have to get him on the field and and basically play him like a receiver like a slot receiver and 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 that's how he gets there Mm. right so there's a lot of out for tony pollard when the when the reason you're drafting somebody is because of one older person's just decision to say, "Hey, it's this guy," that's not a very strong <laughs> level of, of job ground, security. Yeah. Shaky ground. I don't like it at all. So, mm-hmm. but also it's fine because you're protecting yourself from getting run over by by these players that have real sort of game changing league winning upside, like a Javante Williams. Like I would never fade a player like that outright. I would say. In a seasonal league, if it's me and I'm drafting there, I would rather take Barkley. I would rather take T. Higgins because the probability of Melvin Gordon getting injured, given that he's not going to be seeing a full workload, is actually below 50% that he's going to miss more than one game this year. So, And and you saw it last year that it was a – and then you see it in practice, right? Melvin Gordon's got a hell of a lot more run with the ones this year already in training camp than Damian Harris. Wow. So right there, you got to be drafting Melvin Gordon before Damian Harris because also that team is going to be better. There's going to mm-hmm. be, I mean, I can count on one hand the players I'm avoiding in the AFC West because I want essentially all of them. You mentioned Jerry Judy is one that I do not like, uh, just because I don't, I don't draft players like him at that cost. It's just not something I do. Um, he's not particularly fast. He's not particularly big. He has a, you know, he a, a track record of not being uh, available and so yeah he's a sort of a, a it makes sense right he doesn't have lower body explosion he doesn't have the ability to to uh you know to to, to get the yards after the catch like uh, like maybe a golden tate right mm-hmm. so there's there's not some lever that you can pull and, and and tell a story about how a guy like jerry judy is going to go off for like 1200, 1300 yards and a bunch of touchdowns. It's just yeah. not, that's it. This is a tangent, but I love yeah. it. And I it, like, it's not it. I mean, he's not going to beat you. Right. But, but, but Rashad Bateman could absolutely rip your face off. Right. Yeah. yeah. Rashad Bateman has, is, is a bigger, better, more refined, more explosive, better hands, better everything version of Jerry Judy. And he has the number one, uh, spot locked up like and if they had gone to different schools like if Rashad Bateman went to Alabama and Jerry Judy went to Minnesota it would have been Bateman that would have yeah. been drafted he would have been drafted probably first overall he would have been drafted before rugs that year Spe- speaking of uh, pulling the lever and you know getting exciting things what is your favorite draft memory of all time you mean actually the NFL like draft? live like no, the no, live like the live yeah. we we you know we understand a lot of players you know they do the online stuff now we are huge advocates uh, because our league of record is an in person draft we do it big we have a lot of fun so we like to ask our guests you know like you got you have any rituals uh, any kind of uh, throwback league where you guys make sure you try to get together every single year and do something and. What was one of your best memories from that? I used to do a big auction draft in person. Yeah. And, Were you and, the auctioneer? No, no, no. I was no. Uh, I was friends with a couple guys that we did a, a fantasy show on local 
public access station. So we used oh, to nice. go to the actual television studio and do it with real television cameras. Oh, so, that's sick. We've been yeah, doing yeah, yeah, it yeah. wrong. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Really cool. The funny thing is my reach on YouTube with this little Sony camera that I have is like 500x what my reach was <laughs> with like a Public full X. studio. What year was that? And a graphics package. And like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it was like, it's the perfect distillation of how the internet has changed audio, visual, yeah. television, media, Reach. everything. Matt, what year were you broadcasting through public access? It was in Northern Virginia, and that was like 2005, I, 2006. I, I remember that the, we had this in-person. So the, the, the two other hosts, they brought me in as like a third host because I just – I couldn't be – my talent couldn't be denied, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> so – the uh <laughs> they invited me into their league their in-person league wrong and decision. uh so i rem i just remember the year reggie bush was a rookie mm. i remember when i got him in the auction at what i thought was a value um and he got hurt that year and he wasn't productive but like i was like I was like, oh my God, these idiots. <laughs> I was like, Reggie Bush is gonna be Reggie Bush is gonna be like incredible. Like a day one, right? He's gonna be like, I don't know. I thought maybe he could be what Austin Eckler was last year. Mm. Right. I was oh, like, he's Red gonna, Bush I think he was in New Orleans. I was like, he's gonna he, he's gonna take over that job. He's gonna be he's gonna be a satellite back for the first couple of weeks. I think it was Deuce, Deuce McAllister was the other guy. I was like, he's going to be you know, PPR league. I was like, these guys are idiots. Don't they realize what, Jer what Reggie Bush is going to do in a PPR league with Drew Brees? It's going to be so on. Oh, my God. Uh, I was just, you know, and, and it, it, it happened, right? Yeah. Alvin Kamara. I thought I was getting yeah. Kamara. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I, I thought there I was getting go. what Kamara ultimately, that should have been Reggie Bush. Where I should have yes. been able to, like, victory lap that. But, yeah, he had a knee injury, I think, that year or something. Uh, it didn't work out. And, uh but I ended up quitting that league in protest uh, because I was competing for the final wild card for total points uh, or no, it was record. It had to be record. And, uh, and I thought it was going to be total points. And I found out it was like the next best record. And I was like, that is so lame. You don't have any total points wild card. So I was already annoyed at the format that it wasn't a total points wild card. Fine. And then the mother. <sighs> The, the dude that was playing, the, the team that he was playing, the guy I was competing against for the final wildcard spot, the guy he was playing benched all of his starters. So you couldn't get in. And I was like, well, I was like, it doesn't matter now. Like, this yeah. is, you people are, you people are the worst. That this inspires is the a good worst question. thing that's ever happened. I, I was like, I was like, I can't believe this. We got to have a question. There's no like recourse for this. I was like, you should be ashamed of yourselves. How do you look <laughs> yourselves in the face? Right? I want to ask a question to our future guests on like the worst taboos they've experienced in their own league. But Matt, what's a sound oh. that you love? A oh. sound you love. A Going sound on a more that I love. Direction. Yeah, a sound you love. Oh wow. Uh you know, uh opening a bag of chips. You know what you know what a sound I love? You know the sound I love? The closing of an airlock. Okay. Oh. Oh. I love that sound. Just the like the sucking of a, right, and then it, and then the quiet. 
Oh, yeah. oh cool, man. That's right there. This is pretty good podcasting right here. Uh, favorite swear word. Oh, man. Oh, uh, there's just, uh, there's just, you know, I don't know from like when I was a kid, my favorite swear word was, was fuck stain. I used to just love that. I used to love calling people fuck stains. And I don't say it anymore because it's a little too crude, right? Pretty literal. Fucking shit. Fucking shit. Like, but, you know, going all the way to there's very, very little occasion to use that word, right? I mean, very almost none. When you're a kid Um, saying fuck stain and you're an adult saying fuck stain, that has two different images. It feels very useful to say it. Yeah. You know, it yeah. takes me back, man. Yeah, it's it's like sentimental. That. It's nostalgia. It's right. very nostalgic. Oh, that was like that's one of the best. That's one of the best scenes of any show ever. The uh, the carousel scene in Mad Men. Do you remember this? Oh yeah, big Mad Men fan. Yeah. Oh yes, and and he's he's demonstrating the the slideshow projector, and then he shows all his his his, his family, and he and he and he's like, yeah, some people talk about pop and flash and technology and what's next, but sometimes with a great campaign leverage is something that is under is under discussed, but equally powerful. Nostalgia. Mm-hmm. I was like, show. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, oh the tears running down. Like it's a corporate <laughs> meeting. Yeah. You know, they, like that was the thing. Like so many people look like, at the, the show, the office. Her. So many people live these lives where you're doing these presentations all day and you're in corporate America. Yet there are so few actual shows that are any good where it's like a setting that you recognize like a conference room right yeah it's like you know that's why those shows if you could nail a show like that to where basically you're speaking to so many people's daily lives show is going to be a massive monster hit i love that uh what are what was the most amount of leagues that you've played in at one time Oh, it's got to be this year. I'm in so many dynasty leagues because I keep ramping up for our patrons, uh, patreon.com forward slash podfather. They could challenge me in a dynasty league. And then I do, you know, one or more new startups every year because it's the, the ever, you know, never ending demand. Yeah. But now we're doing best ball. But yeah, it's just uh, a ton. And then a buddy's like, hey, can you take over? Like, it's a really exclusive league. And, you know, we'd really love to have you. And then the team is pretty good. And, <laughs> And uh, and I, it was cool. I, I drafted yesterday. All I had was a first round pick, and uh, I, I looked down and I'm like, I got Zeke and and Dalvin Cook and Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey and Julio Jones and Adam Thielen, and I'm like, well, this team is decrepit, right? <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, a uh, super flex league. I'm like, this is this team is is dead team walking it's not quite good enough to compete with the two other best teams in the dynasty league so i'm like everyone's on the block we're fire sale let's go so what i'm trying to do in that league and this is what i think i recommend people doing is you try to pick off somebody's quarterback who doesn't quite know how powerful and valuable quarterbacks are like people people know it but they don't really know it like when we are doing like when we actually all our our rankings are, are super numbers based, you know, uh, based on value over stream and and then and then three year projections in you know into the future, looking back three years and, and discounting years based on uh, you know just different logic of whether you're in win now mode or or whether you're in a productive struggle. And uh, I, I was the super flex rankings, our super flex rankings. It's like ten quarterbacks and Jonathan Taylor, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And most other dynasty services 
they're going to sprinkle in receivers into the top 10 and more, more running backs. And it's like, nah, man, nah, man, what are you doing? Right. You gotta, you gotta get a quarterback in, in super flex in, in dynasty or you're, you're, it's basically you're gonna have a bad time. You're yeah. going to be, you're going to be just so frustrated and you're going to be bending your will and you're going to be just throwing trades against the wall and no one's ever going to take them. So I'm like, listen, I'll overpay, man. I did this last year. I traded like, it was Zach Wilson and Tua and DeAndre Hopkins and a, and a, a, a quality running back all to just try to back up the truck and get Herbert and the, and the dude did it. So that's being a wise move. We heard similar sentiments about that on the mock draft marathon from other analysts in super flex situations. It's probably not coming from this league now based on how decrepit it started off. But <laughs> Matt, most exciting fantasy football moment in the 21 years since 2001. Do you have a most exciting fantasy football moment? Uh, yeah, it had to be with our, you know, we had, uh, uh, we played a lineup a couple, a couple of years ago that was top five in the Millie maker. That was pretty cool. Oh, mm. I think it was, that was the year. I think that was the year. I think that was that Kyler, that, that uh, Seahawks Cardinals, Cardinals game. game. Nice. I think that, I think we had a Kyler stack that with, with Lockett on the run back or something that was just absolute fire. Um, and, uh, and when you see yourself on DraftKings moving up, moving up, moving up into the into the top twenty, into the top ten, and the you know, and then the game goes into overtime, and you're like, holy shit! And then what's always interesting is there's another team that's kind of like built like your team, yeah, that comes and like passes you at the last minute. And you're like, no, what the yeah. fuck happened? <laughs> Almost like they added that team you're after. Like, you're like, yeah, like, that yeah you're like, I was just like you, like, and, and then he, they pass you in the night. Uh, so that was cool. That was that was that was a really fun moment. How about a favorite game day beverage, Matt? Mm, 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 mm. So, I you know I I make my own uh, I make my own uh, cocktails here. Yeah. Uh, I it, I think margaritas are overrated because I do not like triple sec. I think that is like the worst liquor. It's it's right up there with like uh, uh, you know peppermint schnapps mm. just disgusting right <laughs> and it, it the these i don't understand how people can consume these super sugary drinks like they just make my face pucker uh and it, they don't taste good to me and you end up not feeling good you get dehydrated it's just it's the terrible. worst thing over yeah yeah it's terrible they're just they, i i don't get the fascination because if you actually like tequila okay you can just – I have like a whole lime. I just put tequila with like one of these big rock balls and just a whole lime and some salt and maybe a little seltzer water, maybe whatever. That to me tastes way better than any margarita, right, that has all this pop and flash and flair and and and, and, and simple syrup, right? Get the yeah. hell out of here, out man. Cheat. <laughs> what are we talking about? I'm not saying it's like – the more manly thing. I'm just saying it tastes better. Right. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Margaritas are overrated, man. Uh, Matt, when you're watching your game film, you know, you're required four hours of game film each week. What do you like to eat as your best movie theater snack during that time? Is it a bag of chips? Are you going to double down? So with I put together chips? this pretty amazing. I, I make my own popcorn and a big, you know, kettle. A um, little bit of oil in there. You, you, you pop your own popcorn, and then I have like, uh, you know, uh, different types of flavor. You could do like a cheddar, 
right? Or what I do, I do like a lot of, I have a garlic mill. So mm. I love the garlic with some cayenne pepper. Mm. That's my garlic, cayenne pepper, popcorn. And then you can sprinkle like pistachios on that. You could even do, you could even do a little like shavings of like chocolate. A little Emerald Lagasse up in here. Yeah, you could like, do a little bit of, just kicked up yeah, you could, you, could, you could grade, you, know, you, ever, you ever try this? You can grade a chocolate bar. Yeah, you think a man, you think this man takes his fantasy ranking seriously. That's an incredible, that's an incredible. So if you want a little sweetness, you can do that. You can put M&Ms in there. Right? I like the Reese's I mean, yeah. pieces in the, in the popcorn. The Reese's pieces. Have you tried oh, you these, uh, these Hershey's bars that have the Reese's pieces embedded in the Hershey bar? Inside it? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yeah, I had those <laughs> They're getting wild over the, there. At, at Hershey Park, I had one. R&D like, at Hershey. Why can't we get these where I live? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Don, Dra Don Draper finally got his dream job over at Hershey and got to bring the joy of childhood to everybody else around. Yes. Bring it back. <laughs> Last question for you, Podfather. Kickoff is in two minutes. You're still deciding your flex and your league of record. Do you go with your gut or your weekly rankings? <laughs> mm. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Uh, yeah, I've had too many gut malfunctions. <laughs> so I go all that popcorn. I'm always you can't <laughs> yeah. if you go with the rankings, it's it's way less regret factor. Mm. So this that's that's what I that's what I tend to go with. And we have uh, playerprofiler.com in our DFS Dominator module. We have uh, upside ratings. So I, I tend to just look Ooh, at I, I really go on the upside ratings, which factor in the game total and, and what we think that how the how the how the uh, the game flow is going to going to play out. Um, and if we're, we're projecting a shootout, then probably probably ends up being a player that has the highest upside rating, more likely to be in a shootout. As we talked about, probably a guy that's playing in the AFC West, right? AFC West, AFC West. I mean, who? so it's what is it? Judy. James, uh, Josh Jacobs, and uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Those are the only players I can think off the top of my head in the AFC West I don't want. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was a treat to get to, into I mean, the Clyde mind of man. Clyde is terrible. Do you guys realize yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know he's a bust, right? Oh. You know he's oh, never yeah. going to be good? Yeah. Oh, I'm on that. Right. Yeah, you know, it's totally you know, over. We've, we've had yeah. many arguments on this show about it. <laughs> you know, he's he's really bad. Like he's small, slow, and now we've realized that he's a super inefficient pass catcher. So I mean, maybe I mean, perhaps it's I I guess it's possible he could be a Devin Singletary this year and have like two good games at the end of the year or something. Uh, but then they turned right around and drafted James Cook. So if you're saying he, you know, his best, I, I actually his best case mm -hmm. outcome. If your best case outcome for your career is that maybe possibly you're Devin Singletary, that's 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 a sad thing. <laughs> and and the saddest thing doom. is never forget that was the draft class with not just Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. That DeAndre was J.K. Smith. Dobbins. That was mm -hmm. Cam Akers. That DeAndre was DeAndre Swift. Swift. Mm -hmm. So it's one thing to not get one of those guys, right? If it was between those, two. but if if you're drafting him first out of that five, shame on you. Yeah, you fucked yeah. up. Could have been. You what fucked up, been? Troy. Shame on you. Uh, all right. Well, we'll rock into some of these news uh, items here. We're going to start with Wandale Robinson. Peter King of NBC Sports says Wandale Robinson has been the star of the Giants' offense throughout training camp. Mm -hmm. Are you buying any of this, mm -hmm. Podfather, on uh, mm -hmm. Wandale Robinson? How does he mm -hmm. look for player profiler? Small players tend to do better early in training camp. And then as the pads start to come on, 
as the intensity starts to ratchet up, as you start to face number one corners instead of, you know, fifth string corners, Mm -hmm. suddenly these plays become a lot harder to make. Suddenly these players tend to disappear a little bit more and you don't hear about them as much. Uh, Wandale Robinson is interesting in that he broke out very early. He had, he was relatively dominant at Kentucky, right? With this, just a giant target share, a 99th percentile, 40% target share. I mean, he was the entire offense, 144 targets, right? Think about that. Think about that. A target share of 40% is unheard of. So he was, Good at an early age, very active on special teams. The guy, I believe, is a great football player, right? Great football player, even at Nebraska, right? So I think that he's very interesting. And we have a breakout finder, an app that actually looks at, you know, 50 data points on players from their college history, their workouts, everything, comps them to other players historically. And I was shocked that a player that, isn't particularly fast at 180 pounds and 5.8. Typically, you got to run, you got to go sub 4.4, right? That's been my rule of thumb, sub 4.4, uh, if you're going to be 5.8, 180. But Wandale, whew, man, these other ancillary metrics, the breakout age, the college target share, they were so good that the breakout finder had him, it, you know, I think like, uh, outside the big five, just mm-hmm. outside the big five, wow. like ahead of Dotson, ahead of uh, a bunch of other prospects I expected to be higher than him. And also it loves the fact that he came out early. So you stack a bunch of these other things. I mean, then basically all he, other than the fact that he's not the, the, the speed score, which is basically a size adjusted speed metric. That's 25th percentile for him. It's rare to see a 25th percentile speed score wide receiver truly break out in the NFL. It it can happen. If someone's going to do it, it's going to be him. It's also the problem is it's Daniel Jones. And these offenses and these Brian Dayball schemes, they look great. They look great in training camp. But I'm, I'm a little skeptical. So I'm not the one that's running out best case scenario, propping up Kadarius Tony, propping up Wandale Robinson, the one guy I know that can produce no matter what the offense, no matter what the system is Saquon Barkley. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm tempering expectations uh, just because, Oh, this guy coached Josh Allen. So he's going to turn Daniel Jones into this incredible offense. They upgraded everything. So they're going to be great. We'll see, man. We'll see. Right. You're again, it's one of those situations where only Barkley is, is going to beat you. Right. Yeah. No one's going to rip your face off in this offense. So you if you choose yeah. to just sort of be like consensus on Wandale or Tony or Galladay, it doesn't, you're not going to get hurt by that. Yeah. 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 And I, I just think, like you said there, like the decision-making process is what we end up relying on with Daniel Jones. And that's not a best case scenario to be in if we're relying on that for these other it, players. Wandale but. is super redundant with Kadarius Tony. Yeah. And it's yeah. not like they're going to go out there and bench Kenny Galladay making $40 million. Right. That's my big concern. Right. Is, I mean, Galladay is still talking. the only receiver on that team with a thousand yard season. Does anybody have a chance of jumping him? Like Sterling Shepard, anybody else? Like, or is it simply the contract? Tony. Tony. I mean, he's going to be well, there, I mean, right? L- listen, very few. Uh, you need a top 10 quarterback to really support two. 
you know, weekly productive fantasy receivers, generally speaking. And what's interesting is, you know, I you, you look at the data on, you know, wide receiver duos and how often, you know, twice a year on average, they, they can finish as wide receiver ones when you're Thielen and Diggs. Like you get, you know, Godwin and Evans. It's like two two in the league. And it's usually like the team that led the league in pass attempts. Mm-hmm. That's how you get there, right? And then that th- was interesting was there were only 11, on average, 11 teams that have a two receivers in the top 36, oh, which wow. makes sense. There are 32 NFL teams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's about 11 teams. Think about it. There's 11 teams who are going to have two top 36 wide receivers. What are the chances that the Giants are one of the Giants teams? are one of those? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> right? Probably yeah. not. So now you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> so now what are we doing? Always. We're really deciding between Galladay, Robinson, and Tony. You're you're throwing a dart on one of those three being the guy that's going to be the top 25 receiver from this team. Okay. Well, a team where they're going to have to share the, the ball with Barkley. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Right? Maybe. Probably not. Maybe. Though. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I guess maybe for Kenny G is so cheap. That's why I I think he's such a no brainer because he's going like the 12th round and it's like, okay, I'll take that. Um, because there is that upside there. We have seen it before, but I mean, the the one thing with Wandale is it's a, it's a bit of a warning shot at Tony, right? Tony's been hyped right? he's going before Galladay. Yeah. Even though he only has like one good game on his entire career. Okay. Great. It was cool. it was a really good game. It a good game. He had one good yeah. game, and he's a giant. And he was one of the more overrated first-round picks of all time. But sure, cool. Yeah. Push him up. Continue to push him up. Fine. <laughs> what we'll what do I up. care? Right? Yeah, we, we talked giants here. We'll talk about uh, Lamar Jackson. Ravens OC, Greg Roman said, Lamar Jackson, I think it's the best I've ever seen him throw thus far. We know, you know, Johnny, that – Lamar's kind of improved as a passer over his career. And are you buying this kind of hype coming in for Lamar this offseason here as a thrower? I I, I hope so. Uh, I mean, he's been talking about all offseason how he's, you know, been working on it. So hopefully it does translate. I will say, you know, watching some of those, uh, you know, no one covering anybody. There's no offense or defensive lineman or anything like that. Those spirals look pretty tight, but I also did see Kevin Cobb throw some pretty tight spirals in the same situation. So uh, we'll see if it translates. But he's a gamer. Yeah, yeah I, gamer. I think he's a gamer. He, I mean, his, his his throwing motion is horrific. Yeah, <laughs> his throwing motion is wee wee. <laughs> I don't understand how the hell he does it. Like you watch him, it's like, is that real? Is that real? You know, it's like and the it, Lamelo uh, ball. It is. Shot, it is dude. real, and it and it, it ends goes. up actually being fine. Yeah. So can I get your take? Actually, I'm going to take us off. I'm going to take us a little bit of a different direction here before we jump onto this because I genuinely want to know your answer to this, Podfather. You called Lamar Jackson just now a gamer. We ask, is he a good quarterback? People say no. I'm like, well, maybe he's not the best thrower, but there's a lot more than just throwing involved in the quarterback position. I think he is that dude. Where do you stand on Lamar Jackson as a quarterback for your NFL team? I just think it was so funny. If you want, go back and watch the Pro Bowl, the accuracy challenge. Do you remember the, the accuracy challenge at the Pro Bowl? Nah. Where you, you had you have all these like uh, yeah didn't you know, Adam Thielen um, win that he's throw you have to throw through these hoops right okay and then they, sometimes them, some of them are moving right they're <laughs> oh yeah yeah they put like on a cart <laughs> yeah or something. and they have yeah. to go yeah, through yeah. a series like an obstacle yeah. course and throw 
yeah, this dude, this, yeah. this dude like was wee like balls just go <laughs> like like he I he might have finished like zero points. Like John uh, Wall turned out the opening. Like if pick. you were drafting, yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't have drafted him. Like you would know yeah. you would have if if you sure. were going on that, like you would have been like, this is not an NFL quarterback. He no. can't be drafted. He, he we're seventh round pick. We're passing on Lamar Jackson after you mm-hmm. saw that. Like it was that bad. But sometimes a guy will get in the game, and you see this sometimes with with shooters in the NBA, mm-hmm. where it's a little bit awkward, but it works, right? Lamella Ball. And that's the thing. Like he will like do that yeah. thing, but if he's if his hand eye coordination is so next level, and he can do it on the fly and actually drop it in the bucket, he gets better when the game is actually happening. Hmm. And if he's just standing there as a stationary guy and, and throwing, that's he's he's not that's not it's 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 very weird. Some people, some athletes execute at a higher level when they're moving, when they're under duress. And that's that's Lamar Jackson. And so he's you a gamer. have to hey, we call you that. just have to accept it. Like I think two years ago, he had a sixty eight percent completion percentage. That yeah. doesn't happen by accident at the NFL level. You have to have some accuracy mm-hmm. to that to make that happen. And father, whether it's whether it's throwing motion stinks, whether he in a vacuum in any given throw is is not going to be, you know, maybe top 100 in the league in terms of being able to hit particular targets, at particular moments. Fine. Let the bullet start flying and see what happens. Mm. And then he's awesome. That's why I'm so in on Bateman. So in on I mean, so in on Bateman because he has everything that you had with Keenan Allen, except he's also fast. Mm. He's also yeah. fast. Yeah. I mean, think about that for a second. I mean, this was one of the one of the better route runners we've seen come out of college. He came out early. He was a mega producer, right? At, at a school without, you know, without without one of these prolific offenses, Big Ten school. Mm-hmm. And then just the plays he made last year, where he's just got this subtle movement where he can get inside. And he reminds me of Justin Jefferson and his ability to squeeze the ball in traffic. That is so when you watch some of these guys squeeze the ball in traffic in these tight, these tight windows. Oh man. Oh man. That's yeah, the next right. level. And it, and it absolutely infuriates me. It infuriates me when you see these NFL teams take a guy like Kadarius Tony because they are enthralled with the athleticism or the nimbleness and all these Hang things. Hang on, Austin. And they, yeah, and they lose the forest for the trees. Mm. Like at the end, don't you want a receiver that's going to put up like fourteen hundred yards and ten touchdowns and be like the go-to player on every single read progression? Not a guy that is kind of a fun joystick. A specialist, yeah. It's like so crazy time. to We're me. Talking it's to you. so crazy to me. Draft capital, they spend on these specialists. Is Why? not valued properly. Now, okay, if he wins the 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 Heisman and goes to Alabama, right? Then and and, and he's like smaller, slower, and like a, 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 a basically a shell version of Rashad Bateman and Devontae Smith. Then they'll talk their they'll talk their into that guy because he has the brand equity. He had the Alabama helmet, right? Mm-hmm. But this guy went to went to minnesota right and and it's just classic ravens they're they're so good at drafting like tyler linder uh, lindabom and uh, david ajabu like ajabo i mean just so many oh god this yeah, they, 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 just they chalk picks it. kyle hamilton chalk linderbaum chalk 
Yeah. Right. A job. What about Paris shop. Campbell? Just yeah. Just soak up, soak up the value. It's that easy if you're going to have people drafting Kadarius Tony in front of you. Yeah. We've got news on Paris Campbell. Shocking in the offseason. He's, he's getting some hype here. We'll see if he can stay on the field. But there Let's seems go. to be a strong connection brewing here for Paris Campbell. Podfather, I wanted to ask you because a lot of what we saw out of the Colts last year, not saying they won't be run like lean towards the run. They have Jonathan Taylor, but a lot of what we saw seemed to be masking for Carson Wentz down the stretch. Right. Do you think that Matt Ryan opens up enough to where Paris Campbell can be a value, maybe Mo Ali Cox later, some of these other ancillary pieces outside of Pittman? Or do you think that it's just going to lean so much Pittman, Jonathan Taylor um, that well, you'd not of all, be interested? First who, who's does there a running back that looks like Jonathan Taylor who's now sharing a backfield with Carson Wentz? Uh, I mean, Antonio depends Gibson. on what. How much you like Brian Robinson? Antonio Gibson. Uh-huh. So yeah, that that what you just told me was the case for Antonio Gibson again. Mm. Right. Mm. So there's very few of these sort of ambiguous backfields. Am I going to go with the the most expensive guy in drafts? Except Antonio Gibson with that skill mm. set. I think it's I I think that he is the overlooked late round guy with max sky high upside. Get okay. It, it would be one thing if he hadn't scored 10 touchdowns the last two years on a season. It would be one thing shin. if he wasn't able to play on a broken leg. It would be yeah. one thing if he wasn't a slick receiver. It would be one thing if he wasn't like the lead leaguer, like right there with Jonathan Taylor and breakaway run rate the last two years. It would be one thing if all these things were true. But, uh, you know, th- there's the whispers about Brian Robinson and and how much they love J.D. McKissick. The it's, it's all those things. It's like that shouldn't be what gets you off a guy. Right. J.D. McKissick is not going to get me off a guy I like. Mm. Get out of here. Right. It's it's the same thing with like player X. I, I want to make sure uh, players with actual like winning upside are, are the ones that I'm getting protected from. If you can't beat me, I'm not worried about not drafting you. And if you're not a real threat to be anything, I'm not letting you get me off really good players in situations that mirror the Jonathan Taylor situation this year. And I agree with you. It's going to be a little more pass friendly. The problem with Paris Campbell is I'm not sure he's better than Ashton Doolin because Mm -hmm. Ashton Doolin has a similar skill set to Paris Campbell. Ashton Doolin can go deep. Ashton Doolin can 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 run those sort of speed outs. Right. And and take the the uh, the the reverses. So a lot of the same things that Ashton Doolin does well, Paris Campbell does well. So it'll be interesting to see how they use them. I think it would be fascinating to see two guys that are both big, explosive, super versatile playmakers playing off each other, Campbell and Doolin on the field at the same time, just by posting Pittman up on the other side and letting him you know, go up against opposing alphas and, 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 and win one-on-one. Whoa. That necessarily means that Alec Pierce will have no role on this team. So if you're drafting Alec Pierce, it is a wasted pick. It is the worst rookie pick currently. No matter what his ADP is, it's always the worst pick. <laughs> he was the worst pick in rookie drafts, right? So, I mean, it, it, uh, he's worse. He's measurably worse, definitively worse than Ashton Doolin and, and Paris Campbell. Get out of here. He's Cody Ashton Latimer. Doolin. He's Jalen Strong, but smaller. Get out of Doolin gas yeah, up this, here. This, you yeah, be... this Doolin guy. Oh no, no, Ashton Doolin. Like, there, there's already news. Justin Watson comped on, just on player profiler. Player profiler has Ashton Doolin comp to Justin Watson, and you are coming in with a ton of confidence here for our boy 
Ashton Doolin, who's set to now outperform Paris Campbell, once highly touted. Alec Pierce, no, now highly no, no, touted. No, no. He's going to outperform Doolin now is the man. This is a hot-ass take, Pazza. He's going to outperform I mean, Alec Pierce. Pierce. That Doolin's going to outperform Alec Pierce. I mean, you can write my name on that one. Yeah, Put my I name like that. on that. Yeah. Frank well, Wright mean, essentially promises a role for Ashton Doolin in the offense this year. They're in love with his progression from special teamer to a playmaker with speed per Nate Atkins today. Yeah, I like to hear first. Yeah. 60, 60.9% breakout Carter College dominator with a 99th. He went to Malone College. I mean, some of these guys, like the reason he comps to Justin Watson is Justin Watson had similar numbers at Penn. Okay, I get it. Like some of these small school guys, Jeff Janis, don't fire. But they, the problem is they don't necessarily always translate as football players. Right. It was one thing to, to get off press coverage against the Ivy League cornerbacks. Mm. OK, <laughs> the guy from Harvard, the Harvard <laughs> cornerback was uh, easy to toast and roast. <laughs> studying film, okay. Justin Watson. Studying film. And it makes sense. Like if Ashton Doolin can't translate his game, it, his, his athleticism and playmaking over from Malone College, no one would be surprised. Yeah. And then a funny thing happens. He makes the Pro Bowl and he's an all pro special teamer which tells you that he's at a different level of football player than yep. the aforementioned, you know, late round flame outs. I love it. Yeah. I and they'll it. get a longer leash when they're on special teams, right? Because the coaches love that. They he's love an all pro! <laughs> not even a pro bowler. He, yeah. They said he's the best. He's the best in the NFL at what he does. He's the best gunner in the NFL. And every time he was on the field last year, I looked up and he was catching a touchdown. I like that. Love it. Yeah, love it. Last last bit of news here is on Kenneth Gainwell, who was practicing with the first team to start of training camp. Podfather, I know you're a little bit jacked on taking Gainwell later, um, just fading Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders has come out and told us, don't draft me. He said he's frustrated, and the coaching staff, I don't know if it was punishment for that or they just don't like Miles Sanders. (laughs) They don't have an allegiance to him. Uh, but we've got Gainwell running with the runs here, Podfather. Are you you buying in on some of this Gainwell hype? How about this? How about this comp on player? Have you guys seen, you know, you use player profile, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, of course. Some of these comps <laughs> are eerie. Aren't some of these comps eerie? Don't some of these comps have like a, a shiver run down your spine? They that do. Is, yeah. yeah. But more oftentimes they get me. Especially that. when I'm trying to confirm <laughs> priors. They definitely do. Yeah. Well, Miles Sanders <laughs> to Felix Jones. How Ooh. Felix Jones is Miles that Sanders haunt, haunts me, dude. Don't, I mean, don't bring up Felix, Felix Jones right yeah, that is so dead on. Oh, that is so dead on where it's like Felix Jones. And it's like, nah, man, they're going to give the ball to Marion Barber. Forget it. Right. It's not happening, Felix. So this was the, this is the case. Miles Sanders is why I love this game where you have other other sports where really the analytics are the full story. Right. Hmm. And it's counterintuitive because we run an analytics operation, (laughs) but that analytics does not tell the full story and that we have to go to the combine and we have to interview these guys and we have to go to the senior bowl. We have to try to understand them at a deeper level and understand how much of a beta Alec Pierce is that he finishes last in Cody's dog rating among wide receivers, right? That matters. Well, Romeo dubs also. Uh, so don't get fooled by Romeo Dubs. Oh, what? They, he's getting major hype right now. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. Tajay he's Sharp reported. all over again. Tajay oh, Sharp. Wow. Oh, God. Oh. oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. If you're that. spelt and you're not fast and you were sort of good but not great 
at in the mountain wax like nevada boise get out of here okay maybe he'll be cedric wilson right he has a cedric wilson ceiling romeo dubs get out of here get andy has a andy has a beta mindset at least cedric wilson actually is like a a mentally strong and super uh, intense passionate player of football if you don't have that you can have 70th, 80th percentile athleticism across the board. You can come out of college checking all the boxes. But if you don't have that that sort of uh, whatever that is, that that passion yeah. that, that really elevates you as a professional, you can be uh, you washed out of the league in a few years. And it's what keeps people like me that are you know, a wash in analytics. It keeps us guessing. It keeps us honest. It keeps us humble mm. and it keeps us open-minded to other mm. things. And the more I see of Miles Sanders, the more like Cody is in my head, Cody Carpentier, our, our sort of head of football, where he just says, Hey, beta mindset. This is a beta mindset. Mm. And if you do, if you don't want it and you'd rather be playing video games and eating Skittles like Devonte Parker, then you can be the most you know, sort of physically imposing and impressive player from your class. And it's just not going to fucking matter. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't matter. It does not matter. Okay. It didn't matter for Kevin white. It didn't matter for, for Bashad Perriman. Oh, it didn't Kevin matter white. for Corey Coleman. Oh. It didn't matter for Devonte Parker. All those guys from that class were all super athletic. Right. And then you have guys that were overrated for other reasons like Laquan Treadwell. That's another story, right? Miles Sanders is most likely a person who is just frustrated by the game and doesn't love what he does. And, and it takes a toll over the years, those reps you don't get those, that those time you're not spending it in the weight room um, that it ends up adding up and adding up and adding up and adding up. You could clearly see that in the interview he had where he was just defeated. Like you could just clearly see mentally he was defeated by the state of the Eagles. Offense. I would but, not take him. I would not draft him. He's not a player. He's again, well, he's not a player that's going to beat you. So yeah. I could see taking him in best ball. And, and if he, if he's a value, sure. Right. But my problem is I, I don't think that he and Gainwell are cheap enough where I'd feel totally fine drafting both of them in best ball. I'd feel like I'm still betting against myself a little bit more than I'd like to yeah. in that scenario. The only running back duo at ever draft together because handcuffing is betting against yourself. That's, that's, that's a beta move right there. Talk about a beta fantasy move, handcuffing, (laughs) right? But the one, the one scenario I would do because they're just so inexpensive and why not? There's the trade-off is so minimal is Mac and Pierce. That's it though. That's the list. So part of the reason is I know I'm, I'm going to overdraft Gainwell anyway. So I'm not bothering with miles Sanders. Get out of here. Mac talks on a Sunday morning. I you know get into that, but we, yeah, it's it's been awesome talking with you, Podfather. So we spent like an hour on on the intro stuff, but we love it. We're gonna get into though what intro we stuff. Yeah, what we got that was you the in. Intro? Yeah, that's it. Now we're starting. Now the real this is the meat. Now uh, we're gonna talk the world famous draft kit with you. You know, we were talking with you, uh, trying to get you on the show, and we wanted to highlight this thing because oh, it is baby. it is amazing. Oh, the draft yeah. kit. Yeah, the draft kit is very cool. So uh, you say you can win your uh, draft with analytics-based team insights and the most comprehensive player breakdowns. The world-famous draft kit changed fantasy football draft prep forever. Roto Underworld 
under, Underworld completely reimagined the draft kit concept by combining the readability of the magazine with player profiles, technical horsepower. And the draft kit will not bury you in an avalanche of mediocre whiz-bang tools and lukewarm content. We instead focus on the three critical aspects of a quality draft guide, team insights, player analysis, and cheat sheets. Podfather, right, so let me explain they, this. Let me explain this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. That, that's that's yeah. the question. How should somebody be able to use let, let, this? Let me, let, me, let me explain this. Let me explain this. I don't like draft kits that have a billion different options in the menu. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to use all these tools. I don't have the time. I just don't have the time. Most people don't have the time to go explore every tool and try to figure it out, right? And you need like an instruction manual, okay? And I don't like these spreadsheety like feels, right? I want to be able to pull this up on my phone. I have it be slick and easy, super mobile friendly, um, and and focus on what matters. So certainly a cheat sheet is very important. And, you know, we have all the different scoring settings plus super flex plus auction. And what the beauty is it's dynamic. So the cheat sheet, you can open up any player in the cheat sheet and then you get their exact projected stats per uh, uh, Dario Ofstein, our head of analytics, uh, and a write-up from a number of – we have over 100 analysts from around fantasy football that contribute individual write-ups to these players as well as our team. And then we project like total usable weeks, their strength of schedule, all these things. And not only that, we also have a video on every player breaking down all the players that are relevant. I mean we don't have a, we don't have a video on like Doolin right <laughs> we have like 300 guys because no, we just made it right now all right but we, we're probably going to be yeah. we're probably going to be working on one right and then of course you can <laughs> export and, and do all that and then as players get drafted you can check them off and they it crosses them out it's cool the other aspect is the team insights so that you can understand what makes these teams tick and which teams are going to exceed expectations in terms of play volume you know so that especially pass volume that's really what matters Okay, that's really, and we have the, the underdog best ball mode to everything that we do here as well, because underdog's a, a, a great sponsor, an all time sponsor for us. And so we have a, a number of high stakes writers um, like Ike Azar and Theo Greminger who help to write these team insights and they get into the things, the thinking of high stakes players and how they target certain teams, especially with their schedules. Like, so for example, the Bengals, right? Probably not going to want to be overweight on Joe Mixon in any kind of format that has a playoff structure, any tournament level format, because he has the, the worst run game schedule in that in the fantasy playoffs hmm. you've ever seen, right? It's like the Bills, the Patriots, it's a nightmare, okay? Yeah. However, however, it's counterintuitive that yes, those are and and you can go to the team insights and you have and we have all kinds of data like vacated targets vacated carries vacated air yards strength of schedule per per week and you could see oh there's a lot of red on there but counterintuitively for the passing game as long as the other quarterback on the other side is also a, an above average quarterback then you're probably looking at a, at a shootout no matter what hmm. it's just like when buffalo plays That's kansas smart. city right yes buffalo has a good defense but you're not that worried because what you really are are are, are banking on is that Josh Allen is going to propel Mahomes and then Mahomes is going to propel Josh Allen. So as long as you can, you can see a path to shootouts happening regardless mm. of the strength of the defense. So that's kind of where 
the strength of the defense matters more for running backs. When a, mm. when a front seven comes to town that can blot out the sun, you know what happens. Those are the weeks that Mixon puts up 30 yards and, you know, seven fantasy points. And it's a bummer. But that can happen to players that, especially like Mixon, aren't as involved in the passing game. Whereas with a guy like Fournette, a guy like Swift, a guy like Barkley, even if when they face one of these teams with a, with a, with a ferocious front seven, they're still going to get plenty of dump offs. They could still catch a, a touchdown coming out of the backfield, it's like Fournette in the playoffs. Remember that a yeah. couple of years ago, he was catching all these passes from Tom Brady and scoring. <laughs> so that's how that could happen. Where guys that aren't as involved in the in the in the passing game, like a James Conner, you know, like a Joe Mixon. You know, even a Derrick Henry, you know, we're we're below consensus on Derrick Henry, right? We are. Unless it's yeah. a standard league, I'm probably not getting any Derrick Henry because you have these games where these guys get nuked and nullified. And so that's where they're better in best ball, right? So if you're going to draft a running back in a traditional league, and in our cheat sheet accounts for this, that you're going to want to have a guy that has outs, right? Like Fournette has outs. Swift has outs. No matter what the game scenario is, right? There's levers that he can pull and get there no matter what happens in the game. And that's what you're looking for. And that actually isn't something that Derrick Henry offers. Nick Chubb doesn't offer that. Uh, so, you know, we're, 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 we're generally below consensus on those kinds of running backs. And, and we're also not above consensus on the running backs that are just pure volume plays like a Najee Harris, Hmm. I like Najee Harris, but this offense could be quite bad. Even though they're getting an upgrade, it's technically an upgrade, whoever, whatever quarterback, because Ben Roethlisberger was so bad. But this offensive line was no good last year. Yeah, it was okay. Right. It was really, and it's very possible this offense is completely stuck in the mud. The the schedule got harder. It's no, I don't like it. Their at all. schedule is one of the hardest in the league. It's, it's terrible. Brutal. It's brutal. brutal. And we like, had this get like we were, we were on and deny. We have a show called the decision point and we were going through p- the Pittsburgh schedule <laughs> because on Caesar sports book, promo code podfather 15, um, they, uh, they have, they, they're seven and a half. Now it's like minus minus one thirty five, So you're, you're not getting full freight on that yeah. under, but Look at the start of their season. Bengals, Patriots, Browns, Jets at home. They better win that game. Bills, Bucks, hmm. and then Dolphins, then at Dol- at Miami, at Philadelphia, bye week. But then after their bye week, it's brutal again as well. It's so crazy. it's like, I don't think that's why when people are like, oh, is Pitt, like, when's Pickens going to come in here? Uh, <sighs> like, I, I'm like, what? Like, you, they have what? a pair. Why well, they're not, they're not going to be playing him. Why would they play him this year? Look at these front sevens they're facing, and yeah. even New Orleans, great front seven, right? I mean, it's not until, guys, it's not until week thirteen mm. that you're like feeling great. Maybe the Jets, hey, week throw week them four, in, maybe, maybe <laughs> like, depends, uh, right? It's a home game against the Jets. You're feeling good about Harris week four. You just ask your ask. This is a question I like to ask. Thought experiment. I'm on the draft and look at this schedule when what weeks will will dfs people be on Najee harris <laughs> i can find two weeks yeah. at atlanta and jets at home two out of 17 yeah out of 17 yeah it's, you're it's gonna very be like, tough yeah it's very tough so yeah yeah and, and we have their projected rush attempts being down because they're gonna be losing 
right? They're not going to have positive game scripts. So the that's a pretty fragile projection for Najee Harris that it's just total volume and the fact that there's no one behind him. Yeah, there's no one behind him until they sign someone. Yeah. Hmm. Right? Yeah. It, that's always yeah. the case. There's never anyone behind anybody until they sign somebody. Or a and then all of a sudden, there is somebody behind him, and it's like, oh, okay. Or, or James Conner comes along. Yeah, it's like what, 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 what? now there's values on, on players that aren't going to get all the carries, but they're going to get the valuable carries, and their offense will be better. So like Chase Edmonds, it's the opposite, right? Yeah. Offense getting better, and he himself highly skilled, one Great of the league player. leaders in yards per touch for the last couple of years. Friend of the show. And friend of the show, right? Yeah. Yes, he's a, yeah. he's a whisperer. He is. <laughs> and, and he's going to be getting – He's going to be getting red zone touches just like Gainwell. Remember all those red zone touches Gainwell was getting? You don't have to be 220 pounds to get red zone touches. He's going to get plenty of red zone touches. They have him because he's great at the inside zone. They're going to run inside zone in the red zone and inside the 10 and inside the 5. And he's going to be getting all those passes from Tua because Tua likes to keep the ball shallow and didn't really have a, an electric receiver out of the backfield last year. So there is another, the other end of the spectrum where you're looking for teams – that are improving and what players are going to be towed along with the improving team. Those are the players, it, especially if they have all purpose skill sets and they score fantasy points in the, in the areas of the field where PPR points are generated, then it, that's an easy case to build mm-hmm. for a guy like, so Chase Edmonds, very easy case to build much harder to build a case for Harris, much harder to build a case for Mixon. Right. And, and generally speaking, I prefer that that profile, that DeAndre Swift profile, that ETN, Brees Hall, Chase Edmonds profile, a guy that, you know, probably will max out at 60% opportunity share. Fine. But I know he's going to be catching passes. Mm-hmm. More and valuable anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can't be phased out. I like that. Well, speaking one more thing on the team insights here, we've got the uh, the Tennessee Titans here. You show vacated targets, vacated air yards, vacated carries, all these things within this beautiful uh, setup for the team insights. No team's got more vacated air yards or targets than Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, we've started to see ten, uh, Burks kind of shed this narrative of the asthma and conditioning this week. Are you going to buy back into the Traylon Burks hype right. here, Podfather? Oh, or yeah. are, you, are you fading him for some buy of the, the What have we talked about? The dip? Yeah. What have we talked about? A guy can that can beat you. X at ADP yeah. beat me. Yeah. Absolutely he can. You got to be very careful. Yeah. You got to be, like I said, you got to be very careful fading him. I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting all my exposure to Javante Williams in best ball just because I, I, I don't want to eat those, those seven point weeks where, Gordon gets the touchdowns in, in a traditional league, but I'm happy to get all the spike weeks in best ball Burks. I'm in everywhere. Like there's three like pillar wide receivers that, you know, the, the, the football guys that where the breakout finder likes these players are, are, our algorithm, the app in the app store, but also the football guys like these guys. Right. And these three guys are Burks. Sky Moore and Chris Olave. Okay. Burks, Sky Moore, Chris Olave, and to a lesser extent, Jalen Tolbert. He's yeah, baby. Tolbert. Okay. Let's go. Right. It's Tolbert, but that's an easy one. That's just a no brainer yeah. late. I'm talking about in that area, right? Round seven, eight, nine. That's what I'm talking about. Where Burks, Olave, yes, London, but I think London's just 
he's 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 a good player. He's he's at cost. It's fine, right? It's just this is a very this is this is a bad offense. Even yeah. even the the stutter and go where he caught the touchdown that was on Twitter, it was underthrown. Right? It was vastly underthrown. I was like, <laughs> "Oh god." I mean, that looks pretty I'm glad he made the play and everything. Um, but you know, it's still going to be Kyle Pitts. And if we're projecting Kyle Pitts to be like a third round pick, that team's not going to sustain two top 36 receivers. Mm. If you treat, if you imagine, you. we talked about 11, 11 guys, right? 11 guys, 11 teams, excuse me, 11 teams per year support multiple top 36 wide receivers. If you imagine or, or classify Kyle Pitts as a receiver, it's impossible for Mariota slash Ritter to get there. So I'm not as worried. The Tennessee offense is going to be much better. There's a clear path for Burks to be the, the the alpha in that passing game right away. So he's much more dangerous mm-hmm. in that he can really beat you. He could really run you over. You close your eyes. You can't really envision a scenario where Drake London really runs you over. It's nice to have. He's certainly, yeah. when he slips, it's great, right? Uh, and I'm going to take him over guys like, Lazard and 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 all those cast of characters, Tony and all those guys. Sure, yeah, absolutely. I'd ch- chase that rainbow, fine. But the three receivers I want are if I could get them right. I think it's possible. I think what's going to happen is Michael Thomas returning is going to suppress Olave. Burks is going to elevate as he you know continues to put, not have his wow factor practices uh, and and plays in practice out there on the internet. So I think it's possible to go Burks and then Olave and then Sky Moore. You could get you could go back to back to back to back to get those three. You could you could get all three of those rookies. Mm. Because Sky Moore had the number one dog rating by Cody yeah, Carpenter. We, we were talking about this dog rating. Like what kind of dog, dog is it? Rating. Yeah, what kind of dog is it? How big yeah, is the corgi? It's the dog. You know, it's not a no. It's not no. It's a these are vicious. Not that ferocious. These are vicious dogs. The three guys that the the clear the clear big three with the, with the dog rating are George Pickens, Sky Moore, and Traylon Burks. And the guys from Roster Watch, they have Chris Olave as the best route runner of the last five years. Mm. Wow, so, better than Jerry Judy, because that was Jerry Judy's <laughs> Jerry Judy's not even a good route runner. Okay, he's not even a good route runner. He has bad hands. The internet told me so. Okay, he's not even okay, Matt. The internet he's not, told yes, us. Yes, he's he's. Oh God. So, I mean, he's he's a he's a lesser Devontae Smith, and I'm not into Devontae Smith either, right? So it's like it's like the Wandale thing. If you're gonna be these this, if you're gonna be this stick figure uh, or midget receiver. I prefer you to blaze. Mm. I prefer you to run a, a four, three, five. Mm. Most of the time, the, the sort of the T.Y. Hilton, John Brown role. Yeah. The, the, you got to run a sub four, four. You got to right? have something in, in the bag. You got to be, yeah, I mean, it's tough. I'm sure I remember, you remember D.D. Westbrook, right? Oh, yeah, the yeah. danger is yeah. <laughs> these types of receivers get D.D. Westbrook where they were explosive enough in college. Yeah. But not not explosive enough at the NFL level, and they just don't have that accelerating ability. That's why you got to be you got to be wary of Calvin Austin. Calvin Austin's right. lurking out there, right? He yeah. actually has the deep separating ability, where the the upside is capped for some of these other receivers. Sky Moore 
is one of the few small school receivers like Devontae Adams. It's so rare to come out early. He came out early and he was drafted early and he went to the right team. They, it was an absolute gift, especially shame on the Colts. Like you can talk about Wandale, right? You could talk about even the, the Taekwon Thornton debacle, right? But <laughs> you, you can't, there's no case. There's no case. There's absolutely no case for Alec Pierce over Sky Moore. So shame on Chris Ballard. That was a joke pick. We, sh- <laughs> we uh, should have wrote that this is the Alec Pierce uh, to- or roast show. Yeah, instead I mean, of, yeah. yeah. Just, oh, I'm, I'm here yeah. for it. Maybe I'm here you know, for it. I've uh, been trying to. Cody Carpenter had to leave the, the, the senior Alec bowl. Pierce. He had to leave, Cody Carpenter had to leave the, leave the senior bowl early and he sat down and, and across the aisle was uh was Alec Pierce who also bailed on the senior bowl half oh, oh damn uh and he, he immediately put out his notepad he's like dog rating zero um <laughs> after he wasn't good at the senior bowl right wow. after he was yeah, you know no show uh, well Tolbert dot was dominant Watson had a quality senior bowl like so he, yeah, he, he it, it was a, it was a relative no show at the senior bowl just a, just a pathetic uh <clears throat> pick by the by the Colts <laughs> and so now that the decks are cleared, he's over the hamstring injury. Sky Moore is over the hamstring injury. The decks are cleared. I think what's going to happen is you saw a bunch of wow factor plays and, and, and circulating uh, hype around MVS in shorts. And I think his limitations are going to become apparent. And it's just Sky Moore is the best receiver they have outside of Travis Kelsey on that team. And it's, it's in, they're in the AFC West. So this is that's the guy I want, but also Big it's also very possible eat. with Michael Thomas with Olave. I'm just trying to trying to get it in my head. I would go Burks over all these guys mm-hmm. because because of the, the he's the one guy that could really rip your face off. Then Olave over over more because I think it's possible that you remember when Des Bryant took forever to come back from that foot injury at age 29, yeah. and then he was complete dust. Yeah, and I was surprised. Weren't you surprised when, when didn't you think Des Bryant would be better when he came back? Because oh, he yeah. wasn't that old. No. Well, but then, you take that that time off of football, whether you're Josh Gordon, Des Bryant, you take that long. Sometimes it doesn't come back. Right. So if it doesn't come back, what's the probability it doesn't come back for Michael Thomas? Let's say it's forty five percent chance it doesn't come back. Going to say fifty or something. Yeah. Bingo. Right. It's How do you keep the, the appetite coming going. through? What, what? Imagine that world. Yeah. Imagine that world for Olave. It, it's going to be completely on in that he's probably he can operate better in all quadrants of the field than any receiver from this class. Well, and so, I just think he they'll probably use him mostly as the deep threat this year, right? And I think that really maybe. lines up. Or, I, I just, or yeah, we'll see. They'll probably use him all over because he can run all over. But I mean, as far as like the majority could be as the deep threat, and that big lines plays. up really well with Jameis Winston. Big so, plays, dude. Yeah, it's going to be there's going to be big plays. Uh, I don't know. People are getting their faces snatched. I'm very, <laughs> I love it. I'm very to. intrigued because I want because he he was one of the the lowest in the league in yards after the catch per target mm. in college football last year, and yards after the catch is is a sort of a transient metric in that it can it's ephemeral. It can be there one year and then it's gone the next. Mm. It's very, it's, it's not sticky. Air yards, much more sticky. Yeah. So I am curious, super curious to see because Alec Dunlap and from, from roster watch and Cody insists that, that Olave is fine after the catch. 
So, you know, we'll see if it was just an anomaly last year with his yak. So I had a, uh, you know, looking at your, your draft kit as well. I oops, sorry. Notice that uh, you had two, and we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier that, you know, two teams typically each year can produce two top 12 wide receivers. Uh, obviously, you know, Jamar Chase and T Higgins, a popular one, uh, Mike Williams and BMW uh, or uh, Keenan Allen, excuse me, are two of those that we project. A lot of people are projecting this year as well. What is like an outside uh, team that we might not be looking at that could potentially be either a third team or replace uh, one of these uh, duos where you could have two top 15 receivers from that team. And we're not really talking about it. It's going to be Minnesota. Like they've been a couple of times over the last three years. No, 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 Thielen is how old? The Rams. Is Thielen going to be 33? I mean, but you know what happens when these guys hit 33? I do. I do. Right. When they're they're not Antonio Brown, they're not Steve Smith. I mean, statistically, you have a good shot. Yeah. But is it the Rams again? I mean, the Rams is kind of an easy one to throw in there as well uh, because they basically do as long as their two receivers stay healthy, you're going to have a a set, a wide receiver set that is going to produce two top 15 receivers. And you've got Allen Robinson and you've got, you know, Cooper Cup. But I, I asked your opinion, not mine. So. It's tough, man. It's tough. What ends up happening is would you actually look at it and look back? It look tends to be that a duo emerges because of injury. So here's what could happen, right? High ankle sprain for Darren Waller in week one. It's actually possible that that could, it could mm. be an Adam Let's go, Renfro. Hunter Renfro, baby. Yeah. Let's go. You know, I'm, I'm just saying that's and that ends up that's how it works out. And, and that the reason why is you got to draft a guy like Renfro because it's the AFC West, like I said, right? And it, the thing with Judy is there's Tim Patrick there, right? There's two good pass catching receivers. There's two good pass catching tight ends, right? Behind Cortland Sutton, it gets very murky. Uh, but in in Las Vegas, I mean, they 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 shed Zay Jones, right? So it's it's actually more consolidated than you might think, and that offense is going to be a threat to lead the league in points. Mm-hmm. Derek Carr is maybe the best bet, sleeper bet in the futures yep. market to yep. win NFL MVP yeah. mm. because he's going to put up huge numbers. Because think West. about it, they, it's every week. It's the Broncos. It's the Chiefs, it, and that's the thing with these team insights where you go to the draft kit and you're like, look up the Raiders, and you're like, oh, my God. How are they projected to run so many plays? How are they projected to score so many fantasy points? And it's like, oh, look at this schedule, right? It's like some of these games are either – they're either shootouts or blowouts. Yeah. And the Raiders are on the right side of the shootout and the blowout. It's like, <laughs> look, look at this. Chargers, Broncos, Chiefs, then Texans, Right. Then Jaguars. Then it's back to Broncos, Seahawks, Chargers, Rams, Patriots. It's like they can't the exact lose. opposite of Pittsburgh schedule. Yeah, you want a team with a in in who's facing a difficult schedule, great offenses, and specifically great quarterback play on the other side, week in week out, and that's what their schedule is indicating here, and that they have a better offense than a defense. Podfather, mm. you have 
you are second to none in the amount of analysis that you have incurred. That's, this a, that's, my, sleeper. that's up. my sleeper. That, well, that's on the sleeper. I got more questions here about the sleeper. sleeper you mentioned duo. Derek Carr at the quarterbacking position. Can you share another sleeper pick that you are personally targeting in the earlier rounds as well as in the later rounds for redraft? Quarterback or any position? Any position. Any your position. personal favorite. It's your league of record. Your home like, What is the kit kind of revealed to you? Yeah, <laughs> and then well, boiled down into yeah, your yeah. own gut, which I know you what value your fire? gut. I, you know, this is the, this is why I like coming on other people's podcasts that people aren't um, tired of my takes that might be new, <laughs> right? So here we can talk about one Tony Pollard, right? Because mm, you know oh. I don't talk about it on my podcast anymore because my my audience is like enough already. Shut up, <laughs> we get it, right? But here's the thing: this team had one of the easiest schedules you've ever seen. And they benefited, not only did they benefit from the easiest schedule ever last year, I mean, it really was, it really was a joke season for the Cowboys that they absolutely uh, crushed the regular season and then face planted in the playoffs. It was just so classic Jerry Jones Cowboys, just, I mean, just chef's kiss, like exactly what you would expect, right? But when you dig into the numbers in the draft kit, you're like, oh, wait a second, this is interesting. They were top five in pace of play, even though they had all these, they, they were number two in game script. So they were, they, they were leading by like five points on average, any given game, at any given time. Why? Cause they were going against Taylor Heineke and Mike Glennon. Go look at their schedule from last year and look at the quarterbacks they faced throughout the season. A joke. Right. And that's why they led the league in turnover differential. You are you surprised that Mike Glennon turned the ball over and Taylor Heineke was turning the ball over? Why would you be surprised by that? Mm. The thing that's so interesting is in spite of all that, that Kellen Moore said, do not stop. Do not relent. Do not slow the game down. Push, 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 push. Now they were running a lot of run plays. Okay. Their pass to run ratio was low. Imagine a world where the schedule gets harder, okay? They're no longer up. They're down. They own, can, they're going to be running at a fast pace no matter what. That's been established. That's like the sticky trend from last year. They run fast. They could run faster. So now if you're down, you're going to – if you're already wired in a way – and you saw this in Hard Knocks, right? They wanted to play with pace. And they did, even with a lead. Playing with pace with a lead is very interesting. Mm -hmm. You're going to play with an even faster pace if you're behind. So now I'm looking at their schedule going, oh, my God. There, there's going to be a lot of points scored. This is the case for CeeDee Lamb in the first round. Okay, this is it. It's not CeeDee Lamb. It's not, it's not the law of the conservation of targets, which is a term I made up um, <laughs> with all the vacated targets. It's... It's that schedule. It's the shootout schedule. It's it's going to be wild, and they're going to have to throw, 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 throw. And I'm sure Dak's going to fixate on CeeDee Lamb. It's why I'm drafting Dalton Schultz, even though it doesn't feel good because he's not that explosive. Mm. You you can't – given that it, you can get him late enough, you don't feel bad that it's more of a projection play than anything else. Yeah, You just can't deny. Yeah, it's like baked into his it's ADP. A, a floor, you sure. can't deny the targets. Hey, we're, yeah. we're sometimes so okay for that reason, play. knowing that there's going to be so many – that Dallas could lead the league in points. They could lead the league in points scored, especially if they don't get the turnovers like they did, or they do get the turnovers. Imagine Micah Parsons gets a lot of turnovers again. They get some defensive touchdowns. 
that's the path of leading the league. That's why they're they're an interesting play to say that they might lead the league in points because the odds makers are looking at last year where, you know, they they if they're going to be playing fast no matter what, you want them to face more Buccaneers, Bengals, an improved Giants team, Rams, Lions are going to be improved, right? So the Lions are an interesting team in that unlike the Steelers, they could have one of the best offensive lines in the sport. Yeah. Now, that's great for, for everybody. It's great for even Jamal Williams, right? I don't even hate Jamal Williams because of that fact. That's an interesting reason to maybe draft him late if you don't get swift. But it's also an interesting case for a pocket passer having plenty of time to throw it deep to DJ Jamison Williams. DJ Shark. DJ Shark is a sleeper wide receiver that has a lot of upside. This guy's a thousand yard season. He's a big play. Kenny Galladay, uh, you know, doppelganger. And Kenny Galladay had some had some really impressive fantasy seasons. Yeah. And you can get him very late. So he's probably the sleeper and wide wide receiver I would like for best mm-hmm. ball. Uh, and then Pollard in this context of this offense. Okay, what we found with the with the injury finder app that's rolled out now in the in the app store is that total touches and total tackles these guys face really is the the tail that wags the dog. Mm. Right? Mm. Injury history matters, BMI matters, but the Derrick Henry rule is if you're going to feed a guy for one or touches, he's going to go down and shame on you for doing that to him as a coach. So if Tony Pollard can't lose, because if they decide to make him a more featured breather back and, and have him operate in the slot because they they're super talent deprived in the passing game, then he's going to have big spike weeks with, with Zeke or not. If Zeke carries all the between the tackles touches and they feed Zeke as they keep saying they will, which I don't necessarily believe, but so what? Pollard can't lose. If Zeke ends up taking on a huge workload early, well, his probability of getting hurt jacks way up. And then you ask yourself that question. How many, where's, (laughs) do run the thought experiment. What's Tony Pollard's ownership going to be in DFS? Right. When he's right, thrust 100%. in that starting lineup, right? So there's his he he could be he could easily outscore uh, Najee Harris this year, right? If Najee Harris even even getting far fewer touches because he's going to be active in the passing game and he's going to be on a team that's going to be going up and down the field, up and down the field with Dak instead of whoever Kenny Pickett and and getting in there in the red zone and. Think about all the injuries guys can have. A guy like Zeke, if you're putting him in that many car accidents on a, on a football field, you're going to give him 20 carries a game. It's not just knee injuries. These mm. guys miss games. Cam Akers missed half of a season with, uh, what was it, torn rib cartilage? Mm. All these injuries that these guys can get. And you can, you can say, oh, this guy can play hurt. A lot of injuries, guys. Think, do you think Derrick Henry's not tough enough to play on a broken <laughs> foot? Of oh, course dude. he's tough enough. It's just impossible. That's the idea that that Zeke's going to play on impossible to play on injuries is is a a complete fairy tale. It's not going to happen. And I love the Pollard take. I've been taking a lot more in Pollard on our mock draft marathon. Saw that one destroy you. Shooting up, he really destroy you. If you if you're you're going up against someone with Pollard, that that's that is a league winner. 
He's got that, that league. That is winner. what a league winner looks like. You can't you talk to Javante Williams, the league winner, in the late second round. That's not a league winner, man. No, no, the yeah. league winner is the one you That's get down later. That's not a league winner. I, I a love... league winner is you get a top five running back in the second half of the season drafted in round nine. Right. Yeah. I love that That's take a on league the winner. one. You mentioned Derrick Henry here, and bringing over to a little bit of a lighter subject here as we start to wrap it down, over on Player Profiler, the player comparison tool is fucking awesome and has given the entire world that we operate in new language and thought experiments and great fun variables to play around with here. When you look Derrick Henry up in Player Profiler, the comp is Zangief. So my question is, have you ever been tempted to go in that direction for another player? And if it was, can you share a little bit about which player you thought about going in a more animated direction we, for the we comp? Did, and we who did, it was? we did. We yeah. comped, uh, we comped Kelvin Benjamin to Gargamel. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Kelvin Benjamin. Right. Because when he came out, he was like 6'5, 250. And he was like towering over every other receiver, like Gargamel, like in the Smurfs. <laughs> and he also is just this lumbering nothing. Uh, and if Gargamel was a football player, he'd be about as good as Kelvin Benjamin. So that made a lot of sense, right? It's still on the site. You can go see it. No it's one goes great. to the Kelvin Benjamin page anymore. <laughs> yeah. The but hit rate on that. Where, 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 and, but really what the genesis of that is, is that Kelvin Benjamin has no good comps in the database. Mm. So neither does Derrick Henry. Mm. So there's no one you can comp Derrick Henry to that makes sense. So then you start so, thinking about it. Who would you fill in? And then you do it. Yeah. So you just gotta, you got to come up with a cartoon character. At some oh, point. I it's love, like he's I not know. he's not. Nobody he, comes up in the database. There's no one in the yeah. database to yeah. copy to. It's like zero results. So it's like, OK, so got I've seen you guys also put like like obviously Cooper Cup's got his animation on him. And then you had Benny Snell, I think, had the snail. Is that is that correct? Just a uh, joke. Oh, and, yeah. Hey, hey, you got the boy, other ones. That hey, really your boy, Zach, Zach Moss has the Michael Jordan crying face. Yeah, as he, yeah. Pretty, as he should. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, Zach Moss yeah. stinks. Yeah. Um, yeah, horrible, horrible. Yeah, I. What's interesting about Zach Moss is I was drafting some Zach Moss last year, based on the our core principles, meaning if we have an offense that's projected to pass a lot and could lead the league in points, then if you can get potentially their starting running back in the you know double digit rounds, then you got to draft him. And it doesn't matter. Like, again, this isn't James Conner, David Montgomery in the fourth round. This is dudes in the 10th and 11th round. That's a different ball game. I'm happy yeah. to draft, like I said, a Jamal Williams, guys that I would normally be repulsed by, like just repelled. But, okay, this could be the most imp- – in Detroit could be the most improved offense, and he could actually out-carry Swift, just, you know, yeah. apples to apples. So it, it, it and both these guys could be fantasy assets, if, mm. especially if this offense takes a step forward. We think it will. Yeah. So there's a case to be made at at cost on a guy like Jamal Williams. There's also a case to be made this year, which is very much the Zach Moss of this season on Ronald Jones. Mm. That, mm. yes, this guy isn't necessarily uh, winning, you know, getting the ball in all the areas of the field that you're going to generate fantasy points. But there is that one area where if it's a top five offense and he's the touchdown scorer, then I'm happy to dabble. And if it doesn't work out, okay, I'll drop him. You know, as long as it's not a trade-off, like a real like league winner, once those guys, once the Pollards are off the board, then you can start to say, dabble okay, the other ones. who, who could actually score 10 touchdowns this year? Hmm. Traylon, Traylon Burks, you're on the clock. Traylon Burks or Ronald Jones, who you going? Oh, Burks. No, Burks Traylon goes Burks. rounds earlier. 
yeah, no, yeah. you want you want Burks there. Well, he, he basically, the Jones is a guy you draft right after like a, a Melvin Gordon goes, hmm. right? Yeah. So after yeah. the Melvin, because Melvin Gordon has basically there's some guys like that that are going uh, Pollard, Gordon, Stevenson, right? Once those guys are off the board, guys that have more all-purpose skill sets that are also could be in in in, in uh, impressive offenses. Stevenson's running with the ones. Melvin Gordon could be in one of the best offenses in the league and the best division to be in fantasy football. Shower so, narrative with Russ Wilson. Yeah, you want yeah. you definitely want uh, you, you want some exposure to, to at at cost from a zero, especially zero RB teams. Melvin yeah. Gordon be great. He's the he's the he's the new Matt Forte. Well, he's like that's, this year's James Conner too. Like if something were to happen to Javante, it feels like you could oh, yeah. see Melvin Gordon score. Oh, Melvin, Mel, Mel, Melvin Gordon be a smash. Melvin Gordon. Yeah. I mean, the upside is crazy. Uh, and also the the Javante upside is is predicated on a Melvin Gordon injury. They have the right. same injury probability. Yeah. Right. Melvin Gordon's demonstrated health the last few years. And you know, Javante has, doesn't have much of a track record yet. They're both gonna have similar number of touches, similar you know, injury probability in that yeah. case. Yeah. So yeah, I think there, you know, Burks is someone you need to be aggressively acquiring. Like uh I I, I think it's okay if you if you were um, uh, playing it safe, you know, in the offs, you know, last couple months being like, Hey, I'm not sure what, what, what Burks, a lot of these guys that don't play in training camp, um, they're, they're really behind and they don't end up firing as rookie wide receivers. So that, that case was fine. But as soon yeah. as you get the, as soon as the, the news footage breaks, of real football, yeah. As soon as you yeah. know that Burks yeah. is out there and he's looking good, then Absolutely. You, need, you readjust and, 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 and go from there. It's not a big deal. The one rookie that I'm really not drafting at all is Garrett Wilson. Hmm. He it's again, it's a very difficult case. We talked about the odds 11 out of 32 teams that have two top 36 wide receivers. Zach Wilson's not going to be the guy that gets in there, yeah. right? Already, you got it. You got you were imagining two is going to get two guys there. That's already a stretch, right? Right. right. Zach Wilson, in the same division, no way, yeah. right? And who's it going to be? It's definitely Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore, for as good as uh, Garrett Wilson was. Even though he's drafted in the second round, Elijah Moore, a more Stunned impressive up. prospect. Elijah when someone has, shows you who you are, believe him. And Elijah yeah. Moore's shown us. Yeah. He's one of the league. He's a top 10 in, in route win rate, which is uh, as a rookie, Elijah. which is a new metric on playerprofiler.com. Super, at least top 20. Super impressive uh, with, with a, some of his sort of isolated efficiency metrics on playerprofiler.com. So just, just be in on Elijah Moore and be happy. Yeah. And yeah. don't worry about anyone else. There's no, like, there's a ton of offenses where I'm like, I'll pick a winner. And because it's not a prolific offense, and it, 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 it would be a very thin thread in order to try to justify, then I'm out on everybody else. Like, people are trying to build a case for Chase Claypool. Right. I'm like, what are you doing? Why? It's it's going to be Deontay, and that's all I'm worried about. Yes, Pickens is going to be a thing in the years ahead. I'm, but not not this year. Right, you can wish cast it, but that's not this offense. So, right? Podfather, not, just like just like with Garrett Wilson, it's yeah. not this year. We'll yeah. see next year. Let's see how it goes. But just be happy you have Elijah Moore. Why do you got to get greedy and, yeah, also, and want everything also else? Also, tell Garrett Wilson yeah. like it's not. It's it's probably Can't not going to happen. 
Yeah. So you've, you've kind of alluded to these core principles, maybe even philosophies that you lean on. I, I'm wondering for fantasy football, for this player evaluation, which you've just, you know, championed in this industry, what do you lean on specifically um, for like a core principle or a general philosophy in the, in those realms? Yeah. I think that you want to follow the points. It sounds really simple, but follow the points. And there's so many inefficiencies in every draft where you have players on bad teams getting overdrafted. I like Mm -hmm. Kyle Pitts. I really like Kyle Pitts. In a vacuum, I really like Kyle Pitts. But I got to squint in the third round on that team. You've got to remember, once real football starts, no one's going to be rostering any of these guys in DFS. Do you understand that? Do you understand? (laughs) I love DJ Moore. No one ever owns him in DFS. Yeah. Right? Do you understand that? Like, it's a bad team. It's an offense. No one's with these. They're going to be offenses with all these 41 point totals, and their ownership in DFS is going to be like 3%. Yeah. And if you look, if you think about that for the course of a full season, those are guys you have to start or you have to be in consideration to start every week. And what are you doing? What are you doing? So, yeah, I'm generally overweight. Like a guy like Russell Gage, that team is going to be scoring a lot of points. And I don't much care about Chris Godwin or whatever. In that role, Antonio Brown was a top 10 receiver on a points-per-game basis last year. And already the news is coming out that he's unguardable. Tom Brady requested him specifically be added to the roster to replace Antonio Brown. So no, no, no news about Julio Jones the dusty Julio Jones. Is he going to be Titans? Randy Moss. Is he going to be Colts? Andre Johnson, right? Mm. Who cares? Is he going to be Patriots? Ocho Cinco. Ocho Cinco. Year one, round six. My greatest player who's burned me. He could be, he could be uh, T.O. in Cincinnati. That's best case scenario, but T.O. was a different animal. I agree. T.O was also had to play number with one Cinco. dog factor, number one dog rating, yeah. T.O., right? That's a different animal altogether. This guy was hey, a, yes, this guy, g- generational work ethic and ability to raise his game. To I mean, a, he still thinks he believes he can play right now. Like, yeah, he, exactly. every and year. Maybe he can. Here's the and thing. Maybe, yeah, maybe he could. <laughs> here's the thing with T.O. Same thing with Jerry Rice. Did those guys go to big schools or did they go to like central Tennessee, whatever mm-hmm. in central Mis- Mississippi, whatever central Valley state, something, something, <laughs> right? No, <laughs> seriously. That's Tennessee where, Chattano, that's, went. Right, that's where right. Jerry Rice went. There's yeah. something about that guys. There's something about that where like the adversity. Christian they had to- Watson, Christian NDSU, Watson, baby, let's go. No, Christian Christian Watson, unfortunately, is gonna have a yeah. lost season because of the knee injury. It's just it's yeah. a bummer. But that's that's yeah. if you're being real, that's what's gonna happen. And then he's behind the eight ball and it sets this the course of okay. his whole trajectory of his whole career in the wrong direction. It's it's bad. So you're but, saying we need to get the five year hype train on Christian Watson started well, now. What I'm saying is this is counterintuitive. Had Terrell Owens been more explosive and gone to a big school, he wouldn't have been Terrell Owens. Mm. Yeah. Do you understand that? He okay. would not yeah. have been Terrell Owens. Most of the best athletes would not have been what they were. They will admit that, hey, there's guys that um, have equal talent to me. They're better, but I just I want it in a way that I love this and they don't love it. 
their Colin chat. Coward no. made that made that point with quarterbacks a while back, and you don't see a ton of elite quarterbacks at the NFL level coming from these top level collegiate programs. His point on that was you don't get the elite wide receivers, the elite offensive line that you might have at Alabama. You know, if you're coming from the University of Miami, Ohio, you know, as some of these other guys did, so you got to get sharper. You got to have There's your balls be a little bit. Right. Yeah, sure. Of course. It, you could be generally speaking. You could be the the golden boy quarterback at Alabama, like mm. Mac Jones, but you also have this incredible drive to be the next Tom Brady, and it's just inherent. Those guys are really rare. That Mac Jones that comes from that background, and he's still that hungry, hungry like a small school guy. Yeah. Hungry like a, a dog. you know, a, dis, a fourth round pick, hungry like a Kirk Cousins, hungry like a Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of yeah. crazy to see Mac Jones and what he's doing, given that um, he, 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 he was essentially in, in sort of a golden boy chair. Same thing with Burrow, right? Mm-hmm. Burrow, these guys are, I mean, dog factor, dog rating through the roof with, with a guy like Burrow. And that, again, it just makes it makes analytics much more interesting where it's not you can't ever find. The, the actual skeleton key to everything with analytics. There's always this, this other element that comes into play. And Julio Jones was never forced to learn how to run routes. He never needed to. And now when he's lost the explosiveness, now when he needs it, he, he's, he's betrayed, mm. right? He has to try to get more out of his body than his body's willing to give. And he tears and, 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 and hurts himself Every time is it, it's no surprise to me. It's the most it's the easiest thing to imagine that a guy like Julio Jones would try to tap into what he had because that's the only way he knows how to beat defenders mm-hmm. and that it would betray him. That makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Like that's that was that was Andre Johnson. That was Demarius yeah. Thomas. Rest in peace. So no, 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 no. That's not getting me off. Russell Gage. Be- the fact Let's of the matter go. is that's where you're going to find value. You're going to find value in these teams that are going to score a lot of points. And there's certain exceptions, right? Traylon Burks is an exception where, okay, they're going to be run first, probably not going to score that, you know, be top 10 in points scored. But if he's the true alpha, right, and he's that good and he's a value in like the seventh, eighth round, then you can build your case. So I'm not saying I'm not a total snob, but you have to have you have to come strong, right? You have to, Your Honor, I'm gonna you have to argue your case for a player that's not in one of these top offenses, and you have to have a preponderance of evidence. Yeah. Well, like a multiple out Burks is a preponderance of evidence type play. Yeah. And outside of that. I'm not getting a preponderance of evidence on Kyle Pitts in the third round. I'm not getting a preponderance of evidence on on Garrett Wilson. I'm not getting a preponderance of evidence on a lot of these guys on bad teams. That's why I don't draft many of them. Hmm. Well, we appreciate you being here, uh, Matt so Kelly. Much. This is this yeah. has been such a treat uh, to have the analyst with the number one dog rating in him uh, from fantasy football right here. But uh, the link to Player Profiler, where you can get the fully loaded uh, draft kit, the world famous draft kit, is in our description. So make sure you hit it there. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure to chop it up with you, Matt. Here, so we appreciate uh, your time and effort here, man. The yeah, whispers here. We are we, there. Yes, for one sleeper. I think I gave you seven. Yeah, that's, look, we're not, uh, 
your knowledge is set. It's dripping. It's saturated in uh, all these. We're gonna different be absorbing things, this. We're gonna it, be yeah. watching this one back and reliving this one. And I know us whispers here. We are very stoked to have you here. But King Whisper himself, Richard Harris, as you mentioned. Cheers for oh, you on that yes. one. Yes. Dumbledore. Yes. yes. Dumbledore yes. and Marcus Aurelius. What a career for this you. one. You did amazing. Amazing. Well. We appreciate you so much, Podfather, for Johnny Game Time Hicks, for Austin Sear. I'm Big Travi. We're the Fancy Whispers. We're out. Peace. Peace. Right Hey, do you like mock drafts? We do, too. You can come back every Monday and mock with us. Check out one of these videos and make sure you're liked and subscribed.